Welcome to the Reconstructing Healthcare podcast, a show where we discuss what's wrong with healthcare and talk with innovative companies disrupting the health insurance marketplace. Join us as we explore strategies to help employers lower healthcare costs and build a better health plan. Now here's your host, Michael Maneri. Mort Jorgensen, welcome to the Reconstructing Healthcare podcast. Awesome to have you on the show. How are you today? Great, Michael. I appreciate the opportunity to be here with you. This podcast was really inspired by our broken healthcare system and, and the fact that healthcare costs just continue to rise at an unsustainable pace. And the system, while it's broken for most of us, it's actually working quite well for a lot of the players in the healthcare spectrum from the standpoint that they're making a lot of money and they're not really interested in, in changing the status quo. So what we seek to do here on the show is educate our audience on non-traditional methods to lower their healthcare costs and improve value for their employees. And so our interest is really in helping those who are ready and looking to disrupt the status quo. Make sense? Makes a lot of sense. And I totally agree with the premises, Michael. Awesome. So uh, more, I'm going to read a brief bio about you and your company to get us started off so the audience has some context about who they're listening to. And then we'll get into the interview. Mort Jorgensen. Uh, is Chief Operating Officer, owner at RxNGo, a pioneering alternative pharmacy network. RxNGo is not a PBM. RxNGo helps reduce the cost of prescription drug for both employers and their benefited employees. They add member choice for how to fill uh, their prescription medication needs, and they help with managing population risk through improved member prescription uh, medication compliance and adherence. Prior to RxNGo, Mort worked on Wall Street as a trusted strategic corporate finance advisor, working with boards of directors and leading healthcare consumer growth companies in both the U.S. and Europe. Is that about uh, summarize it pretty well, Mort? That's great. I'd like to meet him. <laughs> All right. So, so before we we talk about RxNGo, uh, give me a little background about yourself. I mean, who is Mort Jorgensen, and and how did you get into the healthcare and and the prescription drug industry? Absolutely, Michael. So as you can hear from my accent, uh, I'm not exactly from Oklahoma, but nonetheless, I grew up in Copenhagen, Denmark, and my father was actually a physician surgeon. And since I was you know, a kid, I always had an interest in, in healthcare in general, uh, but also an ability to you know, work with people and helping them when it comes to you know, healthcare through sort of a you know, uh, journey that included, as you talked about, investment banking, Mm-hmm. I spent a lot of time working with healthcare companies um, in both the U.S. and Europe, and through that career, you know, found a passion for trying to figure out ways to deliver, you know, innovative solutions to, you know, problems. And as okay. I came across RX and Go, I had the opportunity to, you know, get into the business and be a business owner as opposed to an advisor. Let's talk about prescription drug pricing. I think that's going to be a good lead into, you know, what you guys do. So. Drug pricing, I would have to say, is is probably one of the most misunderstood and, and complex components of the whole healthcare cost equation. First and foremost, prescription drugs are a major profit center for insured carriers and PBMs. Cost is absolutely not transparent to the employer or the consumer. You know, there's huge variation for prices for drugs between different pharmacies, and and most employers you know have a a copay structure that really shields them from the actual cost of the drug. And it removes any incentive uh, for you know consumerism. So, with with that said, that's that's what I see is you know some of the problems uh, with the prescription drug component. What is Rx and Go, and and what problem are you attempting to solve? Michael, I, I totally agree 
uh, with your, your premises here of the you know confusion about prescription drug pricing in general, and more importantly also, you know, how do you get people who has a prescription from their doctor access to that medication in an efficient manner? And what attracted me to Rx and Go is that, you know, through our model, we tell anybody who uses Rx and Go, which is typically employer groups, what each one of our medications cost up front. So it's fully transparent as to what the cost for each medication is. Mm-hmm. Um, and that allows us to do a number of things uh, when it comes to helping employer groups, and it allows us to one help the employer group offer a better benefit than a prescri- traditional prescription drug benefit that is based on copay tiers, uh, complexity, you know, access to um, certain medications but not every medication, etc. So it allows us to help the employer group make the medication that their members need available to them, typically for free to the member. And we tell the employer group for each medication filled through Rx and Go by their members' cost. So fully transparent as to what cost is. Okay. So you just said something that was, I think, important. You said totally free to the member. So talk to me. I mean, that's a big deal. I, I think I don't think anybody's getting anything for free. How does it work that, that you can provide a, a prescription drug uh, free to the member? The basic way of providing it free is that the employer chooses to pay for 100% of the cost of Rx and Go. Got it. The reason the the employer does that is that they want to enrich the value of the benefit that they realize that their members, like most of Americans, you know, have a need for filling prescription drugs to treat ongoing chronic conditions. Mm -hmm. And by basically making that medication available to the member, it's not every medication, but a list of about 1,200 all low-cost generic drugs available to the member for free, the employer enriches the value of the benefit, offering their employees something they need, offered as a choice. So not a mandate, the member that has a prescription from the doctor, if they choose to fill the, their prescription needs through Rx and Go, it's free to them and the employer pays 100% of the cost. And that cost that the employer pays, we have told them upfront what each one of our 1,200 medications cost at any given time. If the employer is gonna offer it for free to the, the employee, there has to be an incentive for the employer. So what's the what's the incentive for the employer? Uh, is it is it cost? Cost cost is an important part of the uh, the, um, the incentive, but we break the incentive down to three things. Typically, we can demonstrate savings to the employer net of the copays that the members are no longer contrib- contributing of fifteen to twenty five percent. So the employer on the prescription drug needs is you know, reduces their cost by fifteen to twenty five percent. Second is we through our action go offers, uh, we offer help the employer offer an alternative, a choice to the member as to where to fill their prescription drug need. And then thirdly, our action go is really a risk management uh, tool because if the employer helps the employees be more compliant or adherent to the prescription drug needs they have, i.e., prescribed for the doctor, they are less likely to show up in the emergency room or get admitted to the hospital because they didn't take care of that condition. So the, the fundamental sort of value add to the mem- to the employer and why the employer chooses to offer our action goal is reduced cost, adding member choice, and more importantly, managing risk to improve medication compliance. I think that's great. As I listen to you describe it, you know, one of the things that that sticks out to me that is different from a traditional model, and so we'll, we'll call the the traditional model. You know whether it's a fully insured carrier or a, a PBM 
that's carved out. In that current model, it seems to me that the incentives aren't aligned for the consumer to choose the lower cost. And, and there's really no way for the employer to know, you know what the lower cost is. So with this, it, it seems to me that we're, we're aligning incentives between the consumer and the employer where, where it's a win-win. The consumer gets a lower cost in exchange for that, that choice, that behavior, the employer saves money too. Is that what I'm hearing? That's exactly the point of uh, Rx and Go and what you know, many employer groups are uh, why they're attracted to the service. You know, breaking it down, the employer benefits because they're, they're going to save 15 to 25% on their generic medication spend that's available on, on the, the list of 1,200 drugs. The employee is going to benefit because they're going to get their drugs. And these are, these are mail-order drugs, correct? So, so, so the member not only saves money by not having to pay a copay, they also save time by having the medication confidentially and conveniently delivered to them at home. Again, we're talking about the working population, people that are working longer hours, have more mm-hmm. complicated lives than they ever have. So not only do they save money, they also save time it. by using our stuff. So how does, well, before I go to that question, let me go back to the, the cost savings, because I think that's a, that's a big deal. And I, I want to make sure the audience understands, you know, how you're, how the savings are achieved. So we, we, when we first met Mort, um, you know, you gave me a, a brief introduction and I, and we actually sent you a sample data set back in October and, you know, the results came back were pretty impressive. I mean, it was showing, you know, savings of 35%, assuming hundred percent of eligible employees, you know, moved to the Rx and go voluntary mail order. Now we know that, that all employees, you know, who are eligible won't migrate over, you know, talk to me about how you're getting 35% savings on generic medications relative to a major PBM who's supposed to have really competitive pricing? It's a good question. We've been at this for seven years. So we only know sort of our side of the answer, which is we do source and distribute these generic medications very efficiently. We only focus on generic medication. We buy that medication from the same major wholesalers, McKesson, Amerisol, Bergen, Cardinal, and others just like most of the retail pharmacies or PBMs in this country. But we are pretty efficient at buying them. Mm-hmm. Secondly, because of our model, you know, we have a lot less overhead. So that allows us to sell that same medication at, at a reduced cost. So it's a combination of efficiency, lower overhead, and more importantly, also a mission as a company that we want to help employers help their employees with this sort of fundamental need. of Americans are taking one or more prescription medications to treat an ongoing condition. So we not only want to do it more efficient, we also actually do do this to help people. I love it. Mission-driven versus Wall Street. (laughs) (laughs) Quarterly earnings-driven. Long journey for a former investment banker but myself, but (laughs) nonetheless. (laughs) Very good, very good. So if, if I'm an employer... And I'm interested uh, in this, in, in one, doing some uh, due diligence, then offering it to my employees. What's the process? The way we distribute our product, Michael, is, is through benefit brokers, consultants like yourselves. You know, Dr. Michael, talk to your benefit broker consultant about mm-hmm. Rx and Go in general. The best first step, if the concept makes sense and it is something that you want to explore, is you know, through your benefit broker consultant, you know, share with us a you know, claims Mm-hmm. We will then, at no cost, produce a detailed analysis that will compare our cost to what, what 
your current cost is so that we can hopefully demonstrate that there are cost savings, but we don't know that uh, until we do that analysis. Right. That would be the first step. The second, the second part is then talking about you know how does our, something like RX and Go fit in the overall benefit strategy and list of priorities. Since RX and Go is not a, a, an insured product, it can be put in place at any time during the year. So many of our employer groups do not necessarily launch the RX and Go product offering at the same time as renewal. They keep this you know off renewal so that the messaging becomes very clear. And not you know lumped in with a number of other you know messages at the same time. That's a good point. I want to stick with that for a second. You know, really for the employer to get the full value of this service, that's going to be really dependent upon the communication efforts to employees. You know, those employees that are eligible for savings, how many actually adopt it and move to the voluntary mail order? So, what do you guys do, or how do you help employers? communicate this new benefit out? Michael, great question. Obviously, our incentives are aligned in the sense that we only get paid, the employer only pays if their members uses the RX and Go program. So there's no fixed per month fee associated with RX and Go. There's only the cost for the medication that the member uh, fills. So in order to get to maximize participation, we we have both initial announcements that goes out to the employees, but we also have ongoing communication in the form of email campaigns, you know, on-site visits, open enrollment visits, videos, webinars. We have a whole arsenal of various tools that we have developed over the last seven years that then get customized to the particular employer group's, you know, communication challenges, which has to do with obviously the size of the group, the, you know, how many locations they have, the type of plan, uh, benefit plans they offer, et cetera. But we work very closely with with the benefit broker consultant and more importantly, the employer as well, not only manage, but also to initiate this communication. You touched on one thing that uh, I wanted to talk about too. There's no per employee per month cost. So obviously you guys aren't doing this for free. So where's the cost for the service? And the, the employer is paying for it one way or another, right? So so how are they paying for this service? Sure. So, so the employer only pays for the medications that are filled through RX and Go. The way we have arranged our 1,200 plus generic medications are, depending on the medication for a typical 90-day supply, we will charge the employer either 25, 50, 75, or 100 dollars. The only cost that's associated with RX and Go. So, if a member fills a prescription for a certain prescription medication, and let's say that falls on our 50 dollars tier for a 90-day supply, we would bill that employer 50 dollars for that one script. Perfect. It's typically 90 days, so that's 56 cents per day, basically, in, in, in simple math. But that's the only cost associated with RX and Go. So the, 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 the maximum risk here, if an employer, RX, RX and Go, nobody of their benefit employees used RX and Go to fill their prescription, it will cost the employer nothing. The cost of the service is it's built into the cost of the prescription drug. We take risk on the medication we buy and sell. We tell mm-hmm. You as, as a broker, and we tell the employer up, up front what each medication costs. We take we, we take a margin, you know, within what we can buy the medication for. How we can run the administration of the RX and Go program, mail the medication to the members at home, and then there's a little profit that we keep, you know, so that we can keep the lights on, feed our families, and and have a successful business. And as I said, we've been at this for you know close Perfect. to seven years. We would hate to have a business that that didn't make any money because then you couldn't exist. So I like that model because I think there's less friction for an employer to implement the service 
oftentimes when we're looking at, at different you know services to complement a, a medical plan, if there's a, a PEPM cost to it, you know, there, there, that can sometimes be a barrier to implementation. So I like the fact that, uh, you know, from that standpoint, the cost is built into the drugs, which, uh, which makes it a little bit, little re- removes potentially a, a cost barrier to implementation. That, that's correct, Michael. And there's no other fees associated with Arxico. So there's no implementation fee. There's no renewal fees. There's no long-term contracts. I mean, I mean we want to partner with people who see value in our program, see value in helping their members. They only pay when people use our X and go. In my mind, you know, it's, it's a unique service. And so do you guys have any competitors in the marketplace? It's, it's a good question. You know, obviously, we compete for each prescription with a whole host of various providers, whether it's existing retail pharmacies, whether it's the discount programs, whether it's the PBM's mail order facility. So yes, we compete on an ongoing basis for every prescription to fill it. Mm-hmm. You know, doing it in the way that we are doing it, we haven't seen somebody emerge as of yet to follow sort of the fixed pricing, only charge for members when they use Rx and Go, only focused on you know, generic drugs for chronic conditions. We basically, you know, we have lots of competitors, but we have nobody who does it exactly the same we do. Got it. You mentioned something there that, you know, you're, you're competing with maybe the, the incumbent PBM for, you know, I guess how the prescription drugs are being distributed. Now, if, if I'm a traditional PBM might I be opposed to an employer implementing this because it could potentially take away volume from, you know, the drugs that are flowing through my own distribution channel? Rx and Go is not a PBM, so we don't replace the existing PBM. We, we exist alongside them, behind them, above them, below them, however you want to view it. You know, theoretically, yes, I would believe that the PBM would rather not have us there. On the other hand, I think the PBM should have or has the same objective, which is to provide a benefit to the, the employer client's members for something they need. So, you know, we take some volume away from them. They keep the vast majority of the volume in terms of dollars, especially since we don't do brand name drugs or specialty medications. Mm-hmm. And it's just a choice. In the end, you know, the member, if they see more value in the existing model, they will fill their prescription using the PBM. If they see more value in you know, getting a prescription filled through Rx and Go for free, and they're going to use Rx and Go. We haven't seen any PBMs do something negative. It exists alongside pretty much every PBM that is out there still. And, you know, we're looking forward to, you know, work with them, depending again on how, how much they want to integrate with us or not. I mean, at the end of the day, I think most PBMs are going to be out for, for their own interest. But this is really about the employer and the employee. And so, you know, I, I think when it comes to deciding to add something like this uh, that wraps around the model, it's all about the employer and uh, you know whether or not they see value in it. You know, less so the perspective of the of the incumbent PBM. Talking about this product, I mean, I think you know our our audience and our listeners, you know, probably can see the value proposition. In your words, who is this a good and who is it not a good fit for? Are there any you know any size limitations for employers? So you know, our our focus market is what we call you know. Middle, the middle market. So typically, we work with employer groups having 200 to 2,000 employees. We have we have numbers that are smaller, some that are bigger. But mm-hmm. we really focus on the middle market employer groups who are you know being serviced by benefit brokers, consultants in general. We typically work with self-insured or self-funded employer groups because they realize that the savings immediately on RX and Go. But we do have a number of clients that are fully insured that offer RX and Go because they believe it's the right thing to do, and their current sort of health plan doesn't offer anything similar. 
Mm-hmm. But typically, self-funded mid-market employer groups across the, across the country, we see particularly great fit. And uh, we've done a number of analysis groups in the healthcare sector, where the savings that we can demonstrate are well north of the 15 to 25% we see on average. So healthcare providers seem to be a great fit. Other types of companies are companies that for whom benefits is an important part of their ability to attract and retain talent. So whether that is in manufacturing or services um, sure. or other good sectors. But basically, we haven't seen a sector yet that isn't a good fit for. It comes down to basically the, with the input from the benefit broker consultant, what are the priorities? What are the employer group trying to do? How many of their members have prescription drug needs? How many of those members are struggling, increasingly struggling with filling those prescriptions because of co-pay tier complexities, co-insurance complexities, time restrictions, et cetera? Those are some of the problems that the employer group is experiencing in their employee base. We're probably a good fit. Are there any obstacles that you 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 run into when you know, you've you've identified an employer is a good fit and there's a savings opportunity? Are there any obstacles that that, that you've encountered to an employer saying yes to implementing the service? Um, I mean, generally, I think the obstacle comes down to priorities when it when it comes to putting together a benefit offering that's meaningful for the employees. So I think typically if the, if the employer sees value in Rx and Go, but for some reason doesn't decide to do it in the near term, it has to do with other complexities that they are doing. You know, change, They're making changes to the health plan offering, they're changing providers, or they're making a number of other changes you know, strategically. And then Rx and Go seems to be you know, an addition, com- additional complexity. So if they're doing a lot of things at the same time, our, the timing for Rx and Go might not be the, the best, but that's typically the only reason for why employer groups wouldn't do Rx and Go if they see value in it. Anything new you're working on right now as far as Rx and Go goes, as far as an enhancement or improvement to the, the product or service? Anything you want to you know, communicate to the, the audience? We are fundamentally focused on prescription medications to treat ongoing conditions, but as we know, members have many other needs both as it comes to prescription medications, i.e. not only necessarily generic medications, but also treating other types of medical conditions. So we continue to look at products that we can expand the list of 1,200 plus medications that we currently offer. We know that specialty medication, specialty drug pricing is a big issue today for many employer groups. We are looking at that market and seeing if there are things we can add to the program um, that will allow us to provide similar fixed pricing. Um, and generate additional savings for the employer groups. Um, we want to do more, and we're looking, you know, continuously serving our existing client base and see what other types of services that they might they are looking. For. Those requests coming across, you know, we 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 are adding more services, more products to the basic program of RX and Go. Well, Mort, I've asked you a lot of questions. Uh, if if there was one question that I that I should have asked you but I didn't, uh, what might that be? Oh, Michael, I mean, you know, these were all very good questions. I, 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 you know, I would say I hope we had this conversation, you know, a while back. You know, we're having it today, but uh, we've been helping you know, groups for, for for quite a bit of time. There's no particular question you hadn't asked asked yet, but you know, I'm just looking forward to figuring out ways we can work together. Absolutely. Um, so um, obviously, you guys work through the broker consultant uh, channel, and so employers that are interested, um, you know, uh, should work through their broker. But if somebody just wanted to uh, go to your website and get more information, where, where would they go? So they would go to our website, which is rxngo.com. And on that website, they can review so the basic premises and, and structure of the program, 
They can review the list of medications that are covered. And so the basic program does contact details for myself and my business partner, Rob Gilmore. And uh, you know, feel free to either email us or call us at the numbers that are listed on our website. And we look forward to you know, working both with uh, employer groups as well as you know, benefit brokers consultants. I think that's it for, for my questions. You know, Mark, on behalf of, of our listeners and myself, I want to thank you for taking time out of your, your busy schedule to join us. This has been a, a great discussion and, and uh, you know, hopefully uh, very educational for our, our audience. Thank you, Michael. Really appreciate the opportunity here today. Thank you. Awesome. And so to our listeners, we hope you enjoyed this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. If you liked what you heard here, please subscribe to the podcast and share with any of your friends and colleagues who you think would find value in the information we talk about here on the show. And with that, we will sign off wherever you're at. We hope you have a great day and we'll talk to you next time. All right. Thanks for listening to this episode of Reconstructing Healthcare. If you liked what you heard here, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play so you never miss an episode. If you're interested in continuing the conversation, please visit us at www.reconstructinghealthcare.com where you can access the show notes for this episode and links to RxNGO's website and contact information. Questions and comments, please do send us feedback at www.reconstructinghealthcare.com. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time on the Reconstructing Healthcare podcast.